Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and we love to amplify those stories. Today's guest is Shani Barracks Moore. Now, she's a mutual friend of mine. Um, we have a really great friend in common, but from the first time I met Shani, I felt like we'd known each other for lifetimes. So I kind of feel like I have a friend on the show today, but I'd love for you to learn more about her as I did on our first conversation. So Shani, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Great. Thanks so much, Susan. It's great to be here. And I agree with you that I feel like um, our mutual friend, Holly Kaplan, who is herself a rock star, um, she knows other rock stars. So I'm glad that she connected us. Um, so a little bit about me. I live in the great state of Texas. I am a transplant from North Carolina. Um, so um, fun fact, I graduated from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, which is also where Michael Jordan played basketball. So people um, may not have heard of the Tar Heels and of UNC Chapel Hill, but they um, probably have heard of Michael Jordan. Um, so I'm from Raleigh, um, which is the capital, and um, I moved here to Texas in 2012 with my husband. Um, <laughs> a couple I, didn't, of I didn't make that up, um, but yeah, with my ex-husband um, who works for AT&T, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I came here kicking and screaming, but I think both personally and professionally, it's probably one of the best things I ever did um, because I spent so much of my adult life in North Carolina and I am one outside of me living in Atlanta for a little bit in my twenties. And I'm one of those people that I like adventures and I like the adventure of not really knowing everything, you know, like that, which is new, I find fascinating. So I've been in um, Dallas since 2012, and um, I currently serve as the, uh, I wear several different hats, uh, as the Director of Diversity and Inclusion at the University of North Texas, which um, is part of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex on the north side. Um, and in that role, I lead a learning and development team plan something called the Equity and Diversity Conference that I'd love to, ha to have the opportunity to talk about because it's the first time we're going virtual so anybody can attend um, and um, do a lot of um, strategic partnerships and community engagement. Um, I'm also a consultant. Uh, I started a group called Aurora Change Agency where we do diversity, equity, and inclusion consulting, which I'm really excited about because one of the things that is concerning to me in the DEI space is that there's so many people jumping in that don't really have experience as diversity, equity, and inclusion practitioners. Um, so um, that that's one of the things that we do is really provide our expertise, um, our multiple years of expertise related to DEI. Um, and then I also um, do a lot of things in the community um, I sit, I sit on the Texas Diversity Council board. I just joined the board of Child Care Group, which is a wonderful um, group that really advocates for quality child care for um, those who um, may be lower socioeconomic status. And 
Fun fact, and you don't even know this because it's hot off the presses um, yesterday. <laughs> I just decided to run for city council in what? my, yeah, um, in my, um, in Carrollton, which is a suburb of Dallas, which I'm somewhat terrified, but somewhat excited. But I see that as, you know, a core part of who I am is. You know, I wear a lot of hats, but at my core, I'm a social justice change agent. And I really just am looking for ways to bring social justice and equity, you know, into public spaces. So I'm hoping that my first foray into politics will be fruitful. So well, I have to tell you, I can totally see it. I have um, helped many, many people at that level and above run and win campaigns. I've only lost one and it was a bond issue and it only lost by 2000 votes. So I'm happy to help you in any way you need, um, both with talents and a little donation here or there if you uh, want my help. Yeah, please. Yeah, of course I want your also, help. Also, my husband, yeah, my husband is a city manager. So, um, nice. yeah, and he used to be the CAO of a city of five hundred thousand people. So we are happy to lend our expertise and whatever you need, or sit back and just you know, I think you're the right person. I mean, you're totally <laughs> that woman. This is the kind of voice of change that's really needed because it's not just a voice of change you put your money where your mouth is, you put your feet where your words are, you really act on what you uh, speak on, right? So yeah. it's not just words, it's not just slogans, it's not just, it's really, really relentless representation. Right, uh, right. I think people need to know what they're getting when they vote for you, and I love that. I would vote for you if I lived there. Thank Let's you, and you know what's so interesting is that, you know, one of the other hats I wear is a mom, and I have two teenage daughters, 15 and 14. And, you know, initially when I was talking to them about it, they were like, eh, I don't really care. But then when I came home yesterday and told them I was actually going to do it, you know, their little, little teenager brains actually showed some emotion. <laughs> we're like, oh, mom, that's actually kind of cool. So, I mean, I think part of it too is showing our daughters, right? That you can do whatever it is you want to do. And, you know, the only way that you're not going to be successful is if you don't try. You uh, bet. I, I have a best friend who um, is a coach and she should run that national organization. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hook you up with her for a conversation. Um, your daughters and you need to have some real talk around what this means. Um, so I am so impressed by you, but you knew that already. Um, but now I'm proud of you too. This is incredible. Um, so I am, you know, will, would align my reputation and my, um, you know, finances and my foot walking, my foot, I would wave signs, whatever it takes, you know, so with you uh, any day of the week. So proud of you. I was going to say, what is your proudest professional accomplishment? But I would think throwing your hat in the ring. Um, and if you have not read Teddy Roosevelt's Man in the Arena, you need to go read that and keep mm -hmm. that in mind throughout your entire campaign, uh, Man in the Arena, uh, it's amazing. It will make you cry. It will keep you going on the days when it gets tough and it will, it will get tough. Yeah. Um, but you got this and, and whatever I can do to help. Well, let me ask you this, you, has <laughs> someone inspired you to do this or did you have a mentor? Let's talk about that. Well, you know, it's interesting. And, and you know, and the, the question about the proudest professional accomplishment I don't even see 
this so much is a professional accomplishment as it is a call to action. I mean, sure. I'm, vocation. I'm a member of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated yeah. and our mantra and motto is greater service, greater progress. So I just see this as just answering the call to action. My, prof my greatest professional accomplishment sort of is aligned with one of the people who um, who's most inspired me. And one of the, you know, a lot of times people say, well, it's, you know, my mom or my dad, but real talk, one of the people that has inspired me has been my mom. She was from St. Vincent, which is an itty bitty little island in the Caribbean. She came here as an immigrant, you know, both um, my grandparents died when she was very young. My grandfather died in World War II. He was in the British Navy. Um, my grandmother, we don't, we think probably cancer. Um, and came to this country without a whole lot and um, really was just a self-made woman and, you know, started out as an English professor, um, was a provost, was a finalist for the presidency at Spelman. Um, my dad was the first Black professor at North Carolina State University and was an amazing poet. Um, and I really appreciate that he followed his heart to be a poet you know, which, you know, that's one of those things, a lot of times when people want to be writers, they're like, well, what am I going to do with it? But he actually was able to, you know, really make a name for himself um, following his heart. But getting back to, you know, how my professional accomplishments align with um, the third person who really influenced me was a woman by the name of Irma Johnson Hadley. And Chancellor Hadley was the first Black, uh, black chancellor of Tarrant County College District, um, which is the community college district um, to which Fort Worth belongs, which is um, part of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And I watched the way that she was, and I don't often use this word, um, but in this case, it was very applicable, publicly and professionally lynched um, oh for, quite frankly, being an unafraid black woman. Um, and I really, you know, when I was the chief diversity and inclusion officer at Tarrant County College District, I created a learning and development series that's gone through several different iterations. It's been called Foundations of Diversity and Inclusion, Foundations of Equity. Um, at the institution now, I'm calling it Inclusion, Equity, and Community Building. But I, I created that literally, <laughs> sometimes I look back and I'm like, I don't even know how I did that. It was like, I created this very comprehensive learning and development series while I was delivering it. Um, didn't really get much sleep, um, but I did it because Irma Johnson Hadley had faith in me that I could lead the institution towards intentional equity and inclusion. And it was worth it to me to bust my behind to support the efforts of this black woman who was already getting the business from everybody for just being a powerful black woman. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, she is among those folks. She passed away um, during her tenure. And quite frankly, I think the professional, um, what they were doing to her as a black woman probably had a lot to do with, uh, with uh, her health. 
because TCC was like another child of hers, just like Shaw University was like another child of my mother's. Um, and, and I think one of the things that, that it has shown me is that adversity is a constant, right? And yes. that you find whatever it is to push you through that adversity to get you to the finish line. And sometimes that finish line may change, but you know, you kind of have to know what's your why. Yes. Um, and remind yourself what your why is so that you, you, um, so that keeps you going, um, in those hard times. Cause you know, God knows I agree. Lots of hard times and the why is often what gets me going, what keeps me going. I agree. If you don't know what your why is, then you're not truly a purpose-driven person. Right. Amen. So, yeah. um, I believe in purpose-driven business, purpose-driven people, living a purpose-driven life. Um, you okay. know, we all know people and businesses who are profit-driven and that right. never works out well for anybody. So right. um, I love that you're a purpose-driven person. And I think that's why we connected and bond. So yeah, far. yeah. Like I see this work as diversity, equity, and inclusion and being a social justice change agent as a ministry. Of course, my yes, cat decided to show up and meow and say amen. I um, love it. <laughs> Hi, kitty cat. That's yeah. Forgive so me if you hear my, my cat. Um, the cat. Like the cats and the dogs in all my podcasts are the great equalizers because <laughs> even, even my husband, who's a CEO, the cat crosses his laptop screen and is on camera during city city council meetings and you know it's like hello everyone meet our cat you know but that's that's what's the beauty i think that comes out of this uh covid stay at home yeah. uh new landscape is that we are all human right we all yes. have you cannot control you need to learn to let go and focus on the things that are most important what's in your control let the let the rest roll away right Absolutely. so let me ask you this what yeah. has been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it and then i want to bounce back to a question about women in business specifically sure but first i want to talk about your challenge yeah you know i'm a black woman and that black woman part has not been easy. Um, I think being a black woman has caused people to underestimate me often. Um, and my biggest challenge, which I hate to say this, but it's dang near daily, is overcoming the stereotypes associated with being a black woman. And I'll be honest with you, um, Susan, um, I, I get a lot of those challenges from white women, um, yeah. which is why I, I don't know if you've ever heard of um, Insight into Diversity Magazine. Um, speaking of awesome women, it's led I got my newsletter this morning. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, the Insight into Diversity is run by two awesome women named Lenore Pearlstein and um, Holly Mendelson. And they have started this amazingly wonderful, inspiring panel um, on courageous conversations that really help to develop bridging capital between women of color, primarily black women and white women. And the reason we focused on that is, you know, the summer of 2020 has shown us that we are not post-racial and that black folks in this country just don't have the same experience um, as everybody else. 
Um, and as well, the, I think the election of 2016 was uh, the number of women who voted for Trump. I was jaw dropped. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you know, why would white women do this period? Why would white women do this to black women? How can you say you support women, period, if you are even, you know, don't even get me going there. But well, but I think to your point, Susan, and I'm, you know, and I may have a bit of a skewed perspective, both as a black woman and as a, you know, as a person who's been a DEI practitioner for 20 some years, I think people vote their racial interests before anything else. And I think our country is shifting such that, you know, I do a lot of work um, related to identity development. And when we talk about white identity, I think a lot of folks don't really think about their whiteness um, independently. It's more juxtaposed to not being a person of color. And I, I wanna say something about that really quickly. Yeah. I would agree almost. I would say a lot of people do. My point is you either voted for him because you're a racist or despite the fact that he's a racist, right? So, mm -hmm. um, or you voted for him because he's a racist or despite the fact that he's a racist. So that to me means you are not an anti-racist and right. unless you're an anti-racist then you, you're just as much a racist, right? Indeed. So, we, you know, there's no, oh, but I'm not a racist. I voted for him, but yeah, the, the, yeah, you are. Yes, you are. Um, regardless, you know, I, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance that goes along with that, which we could have a whole nother show on. Yeah, and, and but, I will say this, Susan, that I interestingly don't think that everybody who voted for him is, well, the first time, the second time, you know better. The first time, <laughs> I don't think that everybody that voted is inherently racist. I, I think there may be a fair amount of willful oblivion and ignorance. All that and, privilege. And the, yes, and that was exactly where I was going. The privilege of oblivion, the privilege of not having to consider how your racial and ethnic identity um, protects you Right. Um, many of the challenges that minoritized groups experience, right? Like when I ask you know, white males, when did you first become aware of your race, which we know is made up and is an, is a tool for oppression. But I ask them that on purpose. They'll say, well, I never thought about it. Or when I say, when did your parents teach you about racism? Or how did you feel when you were followed around in that boutique or store or department yep. or, or what when at what age were you when you got your license did your dad teach you how to behave when you were pulled over mm -hmm. it's it's rhetorical questions mm -hmm. it's like what are you talking about i don't know why you're asking me this i've never had to have those conversations and their answer is more the point yes yeah Yes, that they've never had to think about those things. Correct. That's, I think, right. where you're going with this. Um, yeah. yeah. And the other thing I will say as it relates to Biggest Challenge, um, and I'm being very vulnerable here, in the last five years, you know, I referred to my husband, um, but I got divorced, lost my mother um, to cancer, and then my father was actually killed um, in, at the end of 2019 um, in a tragic accident. All of that happened in five years. And I got to tell you, um, you really dig deep to discover who you are, who you're not. And also, yeah. you know, I, I've been doing a lot of, how do I describe this, Susan? 
um, sorting through the values that I inherited from my parents and deciding what to keep and yeah. what to respectfully bury with them, which was not easy. And there was a fair amount of guilt involved, but I had to come to the conclusion that as a 46 year old woman, I am not my parents and it's okay for Shani Barracks Moore to, to be Shani Barracks Moore and not the daughter of Joan yeah. and Joan Barracks, right? Um, well, that's and a that, healthy, healthy self-actualization is what that's called. So that, that's, that's called spiritual growth. Yes, yes. And it has forced me to be a lot more spiritually grounded, spiritually self-sufficient, you know, really connecting more with my ancestors. You know, you mentioned that you, when we first got on that you really liked my um, avatar, you know, as a black woman of African descent, I am connecting a lot more um, with, um, you know, my more traditional indigenous Yoruba um, practices of spirituality. Um, that has been, and, and so that what you saw was my Orisha, um, my Yoruba Orisha. So I am, I am, you know, out of pain comes joy, right? And it is taking me, it has taken me to this point in my life to realize that. And ironically, even though the, the last five years of my life have been a real crap show, um, I have just discovered joy and you know you know in this country especially we all too often know entertainment but rarely do we know true joy yeah and true joy is hard you have to seek what that means you have to understand you you just said something very powerful you know basically pain is not a choice but suffering is mm. and when you recognize that you allow yourself to be open to true joy. I'm not talking entertainment or the surface level. I'm talking deep, deep, that which changes you from within. And, and that drives. which no one can take from you. That's right. It's the core of who you are. No matter what happens to you externally, no matter what is outside your control, it's, it, it sort of goes along with that vocation, that purpose-driven, that that's yes. who you are. What's your made of? It's an ingredient. Right. I love that. Yeah. It's an ingredient. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, um, is there something, well, you did share a big surprising fact about you that you're running for office and I'm super proud of you. We have so Thank much you. to discuss on another call about that. Um, mm -hmm. But if people, other people want to know more about you, meet you, learn more about your, what you stand for, what you're running on, are you personally, um, I think you're the bee's knees, frankly. Uh, so how can they reach you and learn more about you? The best way to reach me really is on LinkedIn. Um, I have really started using LinkedIn as a wonderful um, way to connect with people personally and professionally. And I'm under Shani, S-H-A-N as in Nancy I, Barracks, B-A-R-R-A-X, more, M-O-O-R-E. Um, the other way, and this is a shameless plug, um, I mentioned earlier that I work for the University of North Texas and we do something called an equity and diversity conference. 
this is the first year that we're doing it virtually, which um, initially I was incredibly terrified, but now, you know, I'm like, okay, this might actually work. And that um, website is edc, ed as in dog c, dot u, n as in nancy, t, for Texas, dot edu, edc.unt.edu. And um, it is a wonderful opportunity to really develop yourself as it relates to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And you know, one of my tasks in my current role was to completely revamp the Equity and Diversity Conference into what it is now. So I'm very proud of what we've been able to expand it to. We have a corporate and academic track um, that corporate track is new, um, something that developed out of our work with our sponsors. Um, this year's presenting sponsor is Hilti. Um, We're really excited that they have um, joined on with us. We're gonna present our Inclusive Excellence Award. Um, our keynote speaker is Jeff Chang, who's out there um, your way uh, in California. He's absolutely amazing. So in addition to finding me on LinkedIn, um, join us um, for the Equity and Diversity Conference by visiting edc.unt.edu. That is awesome. And folks, if you didn't get to write that down, let me let you know that Shani is going to send me all this in an email so that I can incorporate it in the blog that I will write. And um, Shani, I'll incorporate links to this as well so people can easily check it out and register and learn more about you and donate to your campaign and yeah. all the stuff. <laughs> I can't I believe so, I'm doing this, but I'm glad I'm doing no, it. No, own it, own it, step into it. You know me, I would say, girl, we need to talk. This is not for you. I believe this is your calling. This is what you are meant to do. You are living in service to others, and that's the kind of people you and I are. So I think you will feel a great sense of fulfillment um, for doing this. So thank, thank you so you, much. And OMG, you just made me cry. I'm all my makeup off. Um, Thank you for your support and your and your faith in me. It's me Carrollton, know. Texas, right? Yes, Carrollton, Texas. Well, I will tell you, the people, yeah, the people of Carrollton will be better off for having you represent them. I will tell you that. Um, and you. I speak no lies. Uh, you know, people who know me wish I would sometimes, but I don't. <laughs> Um, so have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening. And Shani, we'll, we'll keep in touch and you send me all those assets and I'll put this together. We'll get it on the website within a week. All right. Awesome sauce. Thanks. Uh, Bye, everybody. Great talking to you. You too. All right. Bye-bye.